Hey everyone, Whitney here with a quick message from the sponsor of this video, Green Mountain Services. Join us for the 6th Annual Cerebral Palsy Conference on October 1st and 2nd, 2021. This is a virtual event that can be attended by the comfort of your own home. There will be two days of networking, sessions, and high-quality award-winning speakers. Registration is free. Go to cerebralpalsyconference.org for more information. Providing Cerebral Palsy Advocates, an event for networking and education. Hope to see you there. Hey guys, this is Whitney and welcome back to another episode of Spastic Chatter. Spastic Chatter is a platform meant to feature those in the Cerebral Palsy community and I get together weekly with individuals with CP, like myself, to have an uncensored chat, if you will, about what it's like living with this type of disability. And for this week, I'm excited because I have Clary and she is doing awesome things. She She's an author and she we're just gonna have a very candid conversation like always. So I'm going to let uh, Clary introduce herself and then we'll get on to the conversation. Um, hi everybody. I'm Clary Cavanaugh. Uh, um, I also write under the pen name uh, CJ Cavanaugh. I primarily write uh, uh, middle grade and young adult contemporary fantasy books. And I'm starting to dabble in the realm of disability activism, but primarily if you were to ask me what I do, my career is as an author, ghostwriter, um, and editor. Awesome. So I'm just going to take it back to the, to the, like, I'm going to ask some basic questions and then we'll get on to like the juicier stuff. Mm -hmm. what, what got, what got you into writing? Like, like what? So I started writing seriously, quote unquote, for the first time when I was about 16. Um, I had an idea for like a, basically a fairy fantasy book. Um, that I started with a friend of mine and uh, we got about 20,000 words into the book and then hit a wall because neither of us uh, 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 knew anything about story structure or character development or anything like that. So we didn't really have any idea what we were doing, um, but it was a lot of fun. And then from the time that I was in college, I took, I didn't, seriously uh, dive into writing again until I discovered fan fiction when I was about 18. And that was, it was kind of a stress reliever for me. Uh, 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 um, I got into writing because it was fun, um, because it allowed me to explore things that I didn't have the opportunity to explore in the real world. It also kind of helped me discover my sexuality a little bit um, because I started reading a lot of LGBTQ uh, fan fiction, which kind of started a lot of the uh, wheels turning in my head, so to speak, of like, hmm, maybe you're not entirely straight 
And so from there, I didn't start um, actually writing original fiction until I got out of college. I don't honestly remember what sparked like the first book that I wrote, except I think it was a prompt for an anthology. I was supposed to write a short story that was going to be a retelling of a fairy tale, except every time I would post it to a critique group, people said, this is too short. I want more stuff. And I was like, guys, I'm out of space. I don't have any words left. Like I have to turn it in to the anthology. Long story short, I got the contract from the anthology. It was a little shady. So I didn't uh, want to go with the anthology and I ended up self-publishing that book in 2019 and I haven't looked back since. That's awesome. Um, so it kind of, it kind of seems like uh, or from what I heard like your, your writing and like the fan fiction and the, the genre that you're most passionate about kind of helped you come into your come into yourself and develop a to, to develop an identity that you mm -hmm. yeah so that, that's very awesome so what did you go to what did you go to school for did you go to school for writing and at the end of the day I did end up getting an English degree although when I originally applied to school I was going to school for theater I did theater from the time I was 10 years old to the time I was 22 I basically wanted to be the equivalent of who Allie Stroker is now, if you guys aren't familiar with her, she was the first disabled person in a wheelchair to make it on Broadway. I think that only happened like four years ago or something, which is insane that it took so long for that to be a thing. Um, but I basically wanted to be um, in her shoes. And um, long story short, I still love theater. I'm in the process of trying to get uh, back into the theater sphere, but I had some discouraging directors uh, while I was in college that weren't really willing to work uh, with my disability. And so I thought about it long and hard and I was like, you know, I could do it. I could pursue this career, but if I did that, I would have to fight every single day to just have a job. And the idea of that didn't really appeal to me because it's hard enough, as I'm sure you know, to get a job with a disability in the first place. And then uh, 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 when the pandemic happened and the entire theater industry shut down for like a year and a half, I was kind of glad I didn't end up pursuing theater. Yeah. That's a very uh, cool story. Um, um, before this, or what is, what is your, what is your newest book about? So my newest book is actually kind of a theater-based story. It's a ghost story about a ballerina who um, she gets uh, the lead role in a uh, show that her ballet 
school is doing only to find out that the, the uh, costume for her role is haunted. And if she doesn't help the ghost that is haunting the costume before the end of their performance on Halloween night, she's going to be haunted for the rest of her life. So that's awesome. So before this, uh, we were talking and you said that you said that uh, you get a lot of questions about um, why you uh, haven't wrote a book with with a disabled character and um, what is what is your what is your answer to that question? So basically my answer is it's a twofold answer. It's that I don't want to feel like just because I'm a disabled person, I only have to write about disabled people, right? Um, and it's also, I feel like if I'm going to write a story in which the main character has a disability, it's obviously going to affect the story in a lot of ways. But I have not found a story that I think giving the main character a disability would benefit the story in the way that I think is most important, which is to make the character more engaging or to make the story better. Because a lot of the time, like I read this really awesome book uh, called The Chance to Fly by Ali Stroker, who I was talking about a little bit earlier. Um, and I have such conflicting feelings about disability in media because I loved the book. I won't recommend the book to everyone I talk to. It's about a 13-year-old girl who decides to audition for a theater show for the first time and actually ends up getting a part. And it's all of the crazy antics that go on behind the scenes of being in a show. So for me, someone who did theater a lot uh, when I was a kid, it was a great, great book. But the main, like, the thing that made the book stand out from other books about theater is that this character is in a wheelchair. And I don't really know how to explain why I don't love that. Like, uh, like I love the character and I love the book. But the fact that the reason the book got publicity is because the main character is in a wheelchair. I mean, it's probably 50% because of who wrote it. But like, if you uh, look at the book as a product, if people talk about the book, they're like, oh, this is such amazing representation. Now, representation is super important. But I just, I, I think the fact that a book is able to be uh, marketed based on a condition with which the main character lives. I just, I don't want that for my books. I want- I feel like, do you kind of feel like it's like exploitation of like disability? No, cause like that's where I'm stuck. Cause it's like the representation is really good. Cause obviously it was written by someone who actually like lives that life every day. Yeah. But it's, I don't think the book is exploitation. I think the marketing might be exploitation. Yeah. The book is fabulous. Like everybody 
who likes those kind of books, go read this book. It's a fabulous book. I just don't like the fact that uh, whenever a book comes out that features a character with a disability, and that's like a main plot point, right? Okay, it's like an inspiration, like, oh my Yeah, right, look, right. Look yeah, yeah. It's like, it. oh, look, like, look at the inspiration. And it's like, I want a book like um, that the main character has a disability, but it's not the plot of the book. It's not, it's not the focus. It's yeah. just, it's a part of the character. And I've only ever seen uh, one other book that does this. So those of you listening who like uh, fairy tale stuff, it's called A Curse So Dark and Lonely. And the main character, it's a retelling of uh, 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 Beauty and the Beast. And so the character who is Belle happens to have cerebral palsy. She has a mild um, hemiplegic cerebral palsy, I believe. And so, but it's never mentioned on the marketing of the book, right? The book is sold as this is a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. That's the kind of representation I want to see in media, where it's like, it's a good book, regardless of whether it has disability in it, right? It's just a good story. That's awesome. And yeah. Uh, while you're talking, well, I might be ignorant. This uh, this might be no, it's okay. But um, but what I what I was what I kept thinking about was how um, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a nerd. So like uh, I don't know, Percy Percy Jack Percy Jackson. Mm-hmm. Like, how, yeah. How the how uh, I don't know I don't know the character's name, but the one that. The one, the guy, the tough goat, like when he's oh. when he's not a when he's not a goat when he's not a goat, he has he has like they they formatted. I guess he has some kind of disability in real life, but they don't put a they don't like they don't yeah. they don't like think, put, put an emphasis on it. I think his name is Grover. Yeah, but see that is interesting that you bring that up because. You can look at it the way that uh, you're looking at it. And yeah. I think that's, that's totally fair. But like, I even thought that it was a little weird that if he has pants on and if he's not a goat, because he can't look like a goat in front of humans, obviously. I never understood why he has to use cane, though, because no, totally he's not actually disabled. Like... Yeah. Like, how do you feel about, cause like, I've never really known what to do with that. Like, wait, you're presenting him as a disabled kid, except he's not, he just has, he's a supernatural yeah. being. Why can't yeah. he just walk like normal, but like put pants on? Yeah, no, that, that is, that, like there's two different, there, like, uh, like you were saying, there's, Two different perspectives like i'm sure that people watching this have a different perspective than, uh, yeah. than, than, than both of us so there's always there's always many angles 
to yeah. to look at a situation. Uh, uh, let us know how you feel about representation uh, um, in these books that we're talking about uh, down in the comments if you've read any of them. Yeah, that'd be totally cool. Um, that kind of leads me to my next question. Uh, you, again, before we got on this call, you mentioned that you kind of, um, you're getting into disability advocacy, but you, like, the activism, but you, but you have, like, some, some, like, um, you want to, like, talk about that, like? Yeah, so my mom has been trying to get me to do disability activism since I was a kid, since I was about eight years old. And I always told her that I didn't want to do that. I, I don't like standing on soapboxes. That's just not really my personality. And it's totally her personality. So she would always try to convince me to do things. And I just recently decided to start posting about uh, disability issues and in particular issues uh, related to, to having cerebral palsy and being in a wheelchair, uh, 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 I'm on my Instagram feed because I wanted to do a little bit of an experiment because during the day I work as an editor, like I said, and I have a couple students right now who also have some sort of a chronic illness, a disability, or a mental health condition. And the interesting thing is all of them are writing books about their experiences with that condition. And I've always found it really interesting that a lot of people that have a condition, and I'm sure you have things to say because you built an entire podcast on it. So please let me know what your thoughts are on this. People that have a condition or a disability, um, there's a temptation to build a foundation or to build a platform on it, right? And I've always thought, like, I like the idea of it, but I've always looked at people who get really big on YouTube, like Molly Burke, who I love uh, uh, following on YouTube. I think she's a wonderful YouTuber. She's a blind uh, YouTuber who talks all about her experiences as a 20-something-year-old blind person. But I'm like, it's, it's always interesting to me because the reason that I uh, um, avoided disability advocacy for so long is that people that I see who build a large platform talking about their disability, I always thought that would get a little like feeling like you have to be defined by that disability, right? Like I always find myself wondering if this person who has this platform uh, wasn't disabled, would they still have this platform, right? And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the disability community, right, is fighting for disability equality, right? We're fighting to for disabled people to have the same rights and the same treatment as anybody else, right? Mm -hmm. But if we're fighting for that, then uh, where does that leave the lovely people like yourself who are building platforms 
on advocacy. Like, let's say tomorrow we wake up and suddenly everybody knows what cerebral palsy is, right? Like that would be amazing if people just knew what cerebral palsy was and how it worked and just handed us jobs. It's not gonna happen tomorrow, but that's the eventual thing that we're fighting for, right? Is like equality in education. But once we get there, where does that leave advocacy? Yeah. No, you're you're like your your perspective is totally valid. I um I think for for me, um the whole disability uh activism advocacy like you have to be like I I I started this um as I as I've gotten older as an adult because I come to terms with with myself and like there's no there's no like there's no hiding that I have a disability mm-hmm. there was a point in my life that I tried to hide my disability and I used terms like uh differently abled because I didn't want to use the word disabled you did interesting and like and like um there's at at 32 at 32 uh at almost 32 years old I can sit here now and proudly say that I'm disabled and there's nothing wrong Mm -hmm. wrong with that like um like I built like the whole reason I built spastic chatter, I call it spastic chatter, is I am like my disability. Like when I talk, you 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 automatically see my disability. Like because it's hard for me to talk, mm-hmm. so I call it spastic chatter because I'm 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 calling myself out before any mm-hmm. before anybody can do it. Like I'm I'm taking I'm taking ownership of that. Of my yeah. to like make it to make it loud and proud. Does that kind of like yeah give you a new yeah perspective? right? Have I I completely understand that, and that's why like I think the people that are doing advocacy and are doing the things that you're doing, I think y'all are fabulous, and we definitely like it's a thing that needs to exist. I just do you ever feel like. I guess because you've called yourself out, like you said, right? You are like choosing to define yourself and saying, I have cerebral palsy, right? Yeah. Um, do you, is it ever like, do you ever worry about people defining it for you? Because like my, experience has been uh, like you I am intellectually on the cognitive age level I'm 25 or uh, 26 uh, chronologically and I can communicate with other 26 year olds on the same uh, uh, level you know what I mean but I've had a lot of experience where just because I'm in a wheelchair, right? If I go into a room, I had it happen all the way through college, the kids and the teachers and the parents, I would start 
having a conversation the same way I'm having a conversation with you. And they would look at me like I grew a third head because they didn't expect me to be able to communicate on the same level that they can communicate. I've always kind of joked that if I didn't go into English, I would make a really good detective because people say people used to say so much in front of me because they didn't think I could understand it. And so uh, I um, yeah. Now that you you give a totally like uh, but the way the way that the way that I do it is like and again this is my person this is part of my personality it has nothing to do with cerebral palsy and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be very candid uh I don't know that's why I'm asking I want you to I, be candid I call I call I call people out on their bullshit like I I you're not like if you're gonna if you're gonna if I feel a certain type of way. Like about how I'm being treated, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call yeah. you on it. Like, and I'm gonna, I do it, I do it in a, I do it in a funny way. Like I make jokes, so like people see the people, people automatically like see that, and like they're like, like they feed off, they feed off energy. Mm-hmm. So like if you have that type of energy, they're gonna, they're gonna react a certain way. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So yeah. Like, so like if I feel if I feel like getting awkward or something, I'll just make I'll just make a joke like to lighten to lighten the mood and then like yeah, and then they'll see like oh she's yeah I've I've certainly found that I think it's a common thing between a lot of disabled people that we have to develop a sense of humor pretty quickly <laughs> because like it's developing a sense of humor I think is a good way to help people that aren't familiar with you get used to you and have it not yeah. be awkward yeah. anymore yeah no um you've you've given me a whole whole different perspective that I haven't but I think it I think it I think like your perspective and uh, develops and like like changes with age. yeah like because the more the more you experience the like you develop new new perspectives and like your perspectives evolve over time. Yeah. I'm I'm interested I'm interested if your perspective of disability will change as you grow older and get I I assume that it will. I mean um it's so I'm very comfortable in my body. I've been in a wheelchair since I was three years old. Like I, I can hide it while I'm sitting on camera because of the way my computer is, like you can't really see what I'm sitting in right now. Yeah. Um, but um, if you look on my Instagram, clearly I have a big black chair that yeah. I sit in. So, I mean, it's not, I don't, it's not a secret. I don't, shy away from it but I, I think it's so interesting especially with a disability like cerebral palsy that has such a range of uh diagnoses and such a range of symptoms where people in the same community with the same disability can have like completely different experiences 
Yeah, totally. Just based on. Um, going back to what you said earlier about how you would, were unsure about your disability advocacy and putting yourself out there on social media with cerebral palsy, you you know that that's how I, that's how I found you. And, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I did know. I searched the cerebral palsy hashtag. So if you want to put yourself out there, I would I wouldn't have found you, and you wouldn't have been. Yeah, on, on, I mean, chatter, so. I'm glad that I've started doing it. I just think I need to like do it slowly, you know, because like my mom used to try to uh, uh, push me into like speaking engagements and all this stuff. And I was just like, "Mm, I'll talk on a podcast because this is just like two people having a conversation. And I I think it's uh, uh, fun and I like it and it's like not stressful. But then she would talk about like making a speech and stuff. And I'm like, a speech about what? Like it it's it's a novelty to me that people would find me interesting because of my disability. And that's why I, I uh, made the post that I think you probably found me on. Um, the very first uh, disability uh, post that I made a couple of weeks ago, I did it purely as an experiment. I was like, okay, I think I want to talk about this. Is anybody that actively follows me like actually interested in hearing this stuff? And I I had a theory. I was like, the minute I bring up my disability, my engagement is going to go through the roof. I had a theory. I was hoping the theory would be proved wrong. (laughs) Nope. The post has like over I think it's like at 125 likes at this point yeah. and like a bunch of comments and I'm grateful for that don't don't get me wrong I just it makes me laugh a little bit that like people are so interested in my disability just because I've it's just a part of my life you know like I, I understand that it's a novelty because other people's disabilities are a novelty to me too like surprise just because we're disabled doesn't mean uh, uh, uh. yeah uh, we all know everything we possibly need to know about every disability out there but it's just interesting because I'm just I I I don't think I'm all that interesting just because I'm disabled like yeah. Well, it's not, it's not just because you're disabled, but like, like to me, to me, my disability is a part of me. Like it does, like yeah. we're talking about, like I, I used to say it doesn't, it does, like, like I have a shirt that says, that I made that says, um, my disability doesn't define me, but I, I am really awesome. Like spelled like a, like a will, like, like it's, it's a play on words. Like, oh, cute. Like, like uh, so there. Like if I didn't, if I didn't have my disability, I don't, I don't think, like, I don't think I, I don't think I would be the same, yeah, person I am today. And like you were saying, I, I just want to touch on this really fast, and then, and then, uh, of course, you were saying that you, um, that you, uh, that you like, um, uh, I didn't want to get up on stage and like I. Uh, do a motivational speaking engagement and stuff like that. See that that is 
that is my that is my jam like that that is what I do if you mm-hmm. if you put me on stage I'm gonna like I get up there and I just I just I just talk and make a fool of myself make people laugh and, and I and I think you're a badass for that because that is not something I could ever comfortably do I don't think I think, um I, I think I think if um I think over time like it like it, it just got to like where I just didn't I just didn't care like um but yeah there's totally two there's totally two perspectives to any type of situation mm-hmm. and um yeah so I I think I think it I think it's interesting to have discussions like this mm-hmm. um, yeah thank yeah. you so much for having me on Unfortunately, I do have to get going soon because of my meeting. Um, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna end it. Uh, um, where can people follow you on social media? They can follow me at Clary K Author everywhere. So that's C L A E R I E and then K and then A U T H O R. Clary K. Author. Um, it should be the same everywhere. I'm uh, most active on Instagram, as you can tell, because that's how Whitney found me. So if you actually want to follow me and see what I'm doing, I would follow on my Instagram. Awesome. Well, I will put that in the description. And thank you for being a guest on Sauce and Chatter. I really enjoyed this thought-provoking conversation. And if you are watching this and want to be on an episode, don't hesitate to reach out. I would love to have you. And check back next week for another episode of Classic Chatter. Thanks. Bye.